Hi, you are listening to Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline. Today we are going to be talking about a concept of which you call channeling or being a channel. Mm-hmm. I call vessel. It means mm-hmm. the same thing. Yep. And how to apply that to manifesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let you take the lead in explaining exactly what we mean by being a channel or a vessel. Okay. Uh, let me let me think of how I want to explain that. I mean, I would start at a basic level probably and just um, we are all composed of matter. Yes. Me, you, the earth, animals, plants, objects, everything. Mm-hmm. When we are not on the same frequency, there are blockages. Okay. Okay. So being a channel or a vessel for me means releasing all those blockages and allowing your energy to flow like a highway. Yeah. Like it's moving through you. It's not stopping. Yeah. It's able to come in and go out, come in and go out like a flow. And the, and that's kind of the definition of being a channel mm-hmm. or a vessel is mm-hmm. like something that can receive something and it can flow through it and out of it. Yes. And when it comes to the, the what you're saying about we're all matter and mm-hmm. we're all vibrational, like mm-hmm. everything is composed of matter. Right. It's vibrating and there's actually space between every particle, every piece of matter. Mm-hmm. And that's where the energetic flow happens. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So we're on the same page. Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. We're not quantum physicists. There <laughs> is science behind this. There is. We understand the energetic part of it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not here to educate you on physics. However, feel free to look into it yourself. We're just sharing with you the stuff that's been really helpful for us and mm-hmm. understanding how the world works and manifesting and just making sense of things. Or making sense of where we are in every moment. Yeah. I don't know that make, I don't know if we'll ever make sense of all of it, but we can just control and help ourselves make sense of where we are. Yeah. And that's what I think we're trying to do here. Exactly. And trying to help everybody else do (laughs) support everyone else while they're doing it too. Yeah. So like, I guess back to like the, the matter thing, like my understanding is like, if like everything's vibrational, Mm -hmm. like nothing, nothing is solid. There's still space Mm -hmm. for which energy can flow between every particle of that death or our skin or whatever right and and that's where we need to be mindful as humans is that vibrational frequency that we are tuned to and this concept I think like we like you and I talk about it more in terms of like the energetics of love or money Mm -hmm. um what else is it something that like is an energetic that can flow to us and through us well it depends on how you look at it but for me Something that's kind of come full circle is there There are chakras. So yeah. in yoga practice, your energetic sources are called chakras. Mm-hmm. And there are, I'd have to count, I think seven or eight of them. Um, and oh my gosh, I'm, I should have written this down. But basically that starts at your root, which yes. is your survival chakra energy center. Uh, and that means your need for shelter, food, your basic survival instincts. Okay. Uh huh. And then above that, I believe is your sacral. sacral. Yep. Okay. So your sacral is next. And 
from what I can remember, that energetic center is about, it, it's kind of about sex. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I don't know really how else to explain it. Pleasure, creativity, emotions. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Pleasure, creativity, emotions. The next chakra is your solar plexus. Yes. That's in your middle. So these start at the bottom, just so you know, they they coincide with your spinal cord. This is what's so, this blows my freaking mind about everything. Again, we're not scientists, we're not doctors. But if you start to do this research, you'll find yourself coming back to everything being the same lesson. Everything's teaching you the same thing. Yeah. Your nerves are connected to your spinal cord. Yeah. So all of your energy is flowing from this source to signal your body to do other things. Yeah. So you start at the root, which is at the bottom of the base of the spine, which is like your tailbone, Mm -hmm. essentially. Then you move up to the sacral, which is kind of your pelvis. Yep. Yep, which is why... You know, pleasure and intimacy are kind of held there. Your solar plexus is right around your midsection. Um, I think of that. What is what does the definition say for solar plexus? Strength, ego, power, self-esteem, and digestion. Yes. So I think of it as always digestion because it's around your midsection. But you're kind of like, I don't want to use the word ego, but like I think of it as the sun, like let your light shine. Yeah. So in that way, it's the ego, right? Yeah. And then next is your heart chakra. That one's pretty simple and self-explanatory. Uh, above that is your throat. And then, you know, that's where you speak, how you communicate. Above that is your third eye. Yep. Third eye is on your forehead. Uh, that gives you the ability to see what's going on around you, I think. And then <coughs> your crown chakra is where you kind of ascend above yourself and you're watching yourself from below. Yeah, so it says um, third eye is kind of where you where your intuition, like clairvoyance is. And, right. and then the crown chakra is self-realization, fulfillment, spirituality. So it's kind of like that purpose, that like the thing, the higher power. It's like place. consciousness. Yeah. Like when you're aware that you are aware. Are aware. Yeah. Right. So... To answer your question in that long-winded response, those are all of our energy centers. And they're called different things in different cultures, but they are all the same thing. Yeah. So basically, those places are where your energy can flow to and from or can get stuck. Mm -hmm. So as a vessel, the goal is to keep the whole plethora of, of them open. Yes. So that things can flow to and through them. But very, very often they get blocked. So in the, in that practice, in that school of thought with the chakras, what causes blockages and what happens? Okay. Everyone probably has a different opinion on this, but I'll tell you, in my opinion, the easiest way to recognize a blockage. When something isn't flowing the way that it would if you were healthy. If you're getting up, moving your body around, there's no pain. If you're having conversations with people and you're not replaying it over and over in your head, just sort of think about how life would be if there were no problems. That's a flowing open vessel. But when you're ease, flow, ease, ease and flow, yes. exactly. And and lack of a dwelling and problematic energy. Yeah. So that translates differently. So in your root you can recognize a blockage very quickly if you're worried about money. 
Uh-huh. That's your root chakra. That's where it, for our culture today, like back in the day, this was hunting, gathering, you know, food, shelter. Yeah. Uh, but now with our culture and the evolution, that boils down to money. Yeah. So do we have enough money to survive in this culture? Mm-hmm. Uh, your sacral is when you start to feel worried about kind of like intimacy or you don't really want to allow yourself pleasure. Yeah. You know, when you don't really feel, uh, when you're not comfortable with pleasure. Yeah. That's a blockage. Mm-hmm. Uh, your solar comes into when your eating habits feel off, uh, when you're under eating, overeating, or when you don't want to be seen, when you feel like you want to hide away. Like, think about the sun is bright and lighting and it, it's illuminating. Yeah. Well, if you have a blockage, you, you want to go in the dark, you want to hide. Gotcha. So then your heart chakra, um, that one is, in my opinion, everything starts kind of here, even though that's not the structure. Yeah. But your heart is any, things start there. Yeah. So anytime that someone hurts your feelings or you feel offended or your boyfriend, girlfriend says something, does something, mom, dad, and it just you have, if you ever really get there, you, you can physically feel your little chest hurt. Yeah. And in my opinion, that's where it all starts, and then it filters where it belongs. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't think I'm pretty. I'm not sexy enough. Bam. It starts in the heart. It filters down to the sacral. Yeah. Oh, my employer doesn't think that I am worthy of the raise, and instead of speaking up, I'm going to just let it go. Uh, but you're not really letting it go. It's going into the throat. Got it. So then you can't speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway... It shows up in so many ways. Yeah. But it starts in the heart. So everything that we experience externally Mm -hmm. is processed through the heart. Mm -hmm. And then it lands in whatever chakra. I mean, it can block whichever corresponding chakra from there. Yeah, I think so. But also it's in general, it's allowing anything to get stuck and not not looking at it, seeing that it happened and then. Like, for example, when we're, when we are outside and the neighbor across the street is cutting the grass, yeah, we can see that that's happening, but we don't sit around and think about it. We just notice, we don't really even, we don't even tell ourselves in our mind, Hey, he's cutting the grass. We just see that he's cutting the grass. Yeah. When a blockage happens is when we say, that damn neighbor, he's always cutting the grass at 7 a.m. And then all of a sudden it becomes personal. Yeah. And we have to hold it mm-hmm. rather than just observing it and letting it go. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, I trusted you would be able to articulate this concept <laughs> better than me and you're doing a great job. Yeah. I don't, I think it's kind of difficult to yeah, articulate. So. It is. And it's, it's one of the things that's a little bit deeper and more complex. Mm-hmm. But once you start to learn about it, and hear it from different perspectives. Like for me, like you, you grasp this more from like the chakra. Like I, mm-hmm. I understood the basic under, I have a basic understanding of chakras and all mm-hmm. that for me, I think learning more of like the scientific, like perspective of quantum physics mm-hmm. and all that, like that made more sense to me, like fr- vibrations and yep. frequencies and matter and all of yep. that. If we're, if we're all matter, particles suspended in this like vibrational frequency Mm -hmm. the different energies that 
that we're working with, like love is an energy. Mm-hmm. It is a currency. It's something that can flow from one to another. You know what I mean? Yes. And then the same can be said for money. Words. Okay. Uh, words are currency. They can flow. I think of the love languages as currencies. Yeah. So acts of service, those mm-hmm. that's an energy, an energetic frequency. Affection. Affection, yeah, physical touch. Yeah. Money, which is gifts. Yeah. Um, speech, insight, you know, uh, protection, intuition, and protection, like sharing your intuition with someone. Um, those, all that, in my opinion, is, is where the flow happens. Well, I'm glad, and I'm glad you mentioned the intuition one because the intuition is so important with manifesting. That's mm-hmm. where you get the little, the next steps, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, I was just talking to someone this week about the difference between goals and manifesting. Sorry, to, I'm going to go, yeah, go on it. another track for a second, but like a goal is something that you don't have, but you want to achieve and you can break it down into steps and yes. you know you know how to get there it's measurable yes mm-hmm. goal is something that like it's not so far out of reach that you don't know how to get there like you mm-hmm. can figure out the steps um, yeah and then manifesting is more about like matching your frequency with that which you desire it's a little bit it's less about like actioning your way into getting something it's more about like trust and growth and attraction and when you are manifesting yeah it can sometimes look like a goal but so back to the the vessel and intuition Mm -hmm. intuition is is so important because that's where you're really able to access those steps and manifesting whereas when it's a goal you can figure out the steps on your own yep and so when the the vessel theory with manifesting intuition intuition as as a vessel for me means that you are in check with all the other parts of yourself in a way. Yeah. And so, because the third eye really is the top before you get to like you've arrived. Yeah. So all the rest of the parts of you are in check. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step. So being at a high vibe. So every time that you have an opportunity to release any other blockage, you release it so that you can get to the level of intuition. Where you can receive, you're unblocked so you can receive messages from a higher power or That's something. correct. Yeah. Because if you don't, then the messages do the thing that we just talked about. They come through the heart and then they, they take offense to something so they go somewhere else. Yeah. When, when you're ready to channel intuition as a vessel... You have to completely remove your whole entire self. Yeah. You have to be like, this is not about me. This is not something I can explain. This is not a thing I can get offended by. I can't take anything personal. And you have to be like, okay, God, universe, I am literally empty. Yeah. For this intuition to be processed so that kind of made a light bulb go go off for me like I think one of the highest vibrational frequencies is is trust yes and, and love is yes. right in tandem with that yes so you have to be in a unblocked state of love and trust which is one of the two of the highest frequency energetic frequencies we can be right and then that's where the intuition comes right. and that's where we can be receiving of that right 
And we can have moments of it. You know, there, there doesn't need to be pressure for us to stay in that. I mean, the goal, the ultimate is that we are never bothered by anything and life just is like flows off of our back. Yeah. But it's a practice. Mm -hmm. And so we will have moments of that energetic clarity and that's when we are the vessel for intuition. Yeah. And then you'll know, have you ever like had a, a moment where you're like, I don't know where that came from. Yeah. Or I don't know why I'm saying this, or I don't know where or how that even got here. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know why I'm supposed to be telling you this, or I don't know why I'm supposed to be driving this direction instead of that direction. Yeah. Just those things are moments of Mm -hmm. intuitive clarity and vesseling and channeling intuition. Yeah. And usually it's because you're opening that part to say, okay, I can receive because I'm ready. Yeah. I'm just ready to like look at observe. it. Ob- thank you. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to just observe this. Yes. That's it. Yeah. I, yeah. So that's, that's in my opinion, the best way to conceptualize intuition. To me, the way that I visualize the vessel thing is I think of, um, or a channel, I guess a channel is, is, probably a better word to use they're, but they're both equal like for me a channel i think water i think of mm-hmm. a waterway yeah. in which boats can come and go yep and then like I, a dam would yep. would be what would clog that waterway exactly and then there's no flowing exactly and so i think about myself and money which is one of the things that i've had a harder time being a vessel of uh-huh. and so for me, it was like I could receive money mm-hmm. to some degree, mm-hmm. but I I would hoard it. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to money, like what it, what a healthy relationship would look like is the money would come to me, I would enjoy it, and then I would spend it on out of love, like spend mm-hmm. it lovingly, mm-hmm. and that could mean like letting it go to my friends it could be spent on things towards my purpose like to Mm -hmm. me that's what being a good money vessel is Mm -hmm. does that make sense it does yeah it doesn't have to be so literal it's like i make money and then i i spend it on good things and that's how i'm healthy a healthy vessel like to me it's a little it's a little more nuanced and Uh it's based on like kind of intention and where you are it is and it's a very personal thing yeah all of this about is very personal so it's really a good time to explore yourself and what your relationships are and what your values are and be in line with those to in order to open as a vessel yeah it's not one size fits all completely I mean there's some basic truths like you know no harm (laughs) non-harming yeah you know there are basic truths but outside of those it's really very individual to your purpose and your values and it's private in a way you know like it's something that you have with yourself that you have to ask yourself yeah like hey what do I feel about this but with money a good example uh for me that light bulb moment for me when I was a kid that just helped me understand was my mom we would giggle about my stepdad but we would giggle because he was so cheap or he's so cheap like to go to a restaurant he's like $15 for a burger. (laughs) (laughs) And so me and my mom would be like, oh my God, we're not bringing you anymore because we can't enjoy, you know, and we would all laugh and giggle and go home happy. But it was, it was funny. And so my mom would say, or says, uh, closed fist, you know, 
Think about that. Yeah. You're holding on to your money so tightly and people get focused on that. And it's like, okay, well, look at your fist. Guess what else? Can't come in. You won't that's, let that's it go. Perfect. Can't that's come in. Perfect illustration yeah. of the money yeah. vessel. If you take concept. a $100 bill, fold it in your palm and literally put your fist around it, grab it, hold it. You're like, I got this hundred bucks. Nobody's taking this from me. This is mine. But guess what? If someone wants to hand you a thousand, you can't receive it because your fist is so tightly closed around the hundred. Yep. So that's what we mean by vessel, right? Yes. Allowing like, okay, maybe the hundred can go, but the thousand can come. Mm -hmm. But if you're not willing to let the hundred pass through, you're going to continue to block and be closed to the thousand. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, I think part of the the channel vessel theory concept that we're trying to talk about is it's it's a practice. It's something that, like, probably doesn't come naturally to humans to just kind of open and be a vessel. Maybe it, we were born that way, but then, like, as we life happens, uh, as life happens, there's certain places that we start closing off and we quit. Yep. And, or maybe we can receive, but we can't give, or we can give it, but we can't receive it kind yep. of thing. Yep. We weren't born with it as humans, but we start to close off throughout time. And then because of that, we're unable. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a practice that we have to like relearn, you know? And so it's, it's something that you start small with, you know, and then you work your way up into bigger, better things. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a part of it's almost a universal law, you know. Like, it is a universal yeah, law. Yeah, yeah. This is the law. Yes, you're Th- right. This <laughs> is yeah. This is exactly what this is all about. But breaking it down on these levels is kind of hard to hear because it's like, don't take things personal. What? Like that's total opposite of everything society tells us to do. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely something that takes a practice. It's anybody that I've truly admired that has financial success they practice this Mm -hmm. and they are willing to receive they're in their worth to receive they're on Mm -hmm. the energetic frequency to be in able to receive a lot of money right they're also in the energetic frequency to trust that they're going to get more when they let it flow through them right and that's like everything that I was trying to to bring to the table yeah. today. What I just said, yeah. Yeah. And so it just, it takes practice. And some of us, maybe we're in our worth with love or money or self-esteem, but we're not in other aspects of our mm-hmm. lives. Exactly. But the, the coolest part of this concept is, in my, my personal experience, is where I have identified block energetic blockages where mm-hmm. I have not been a channel for something to flow through mm-hmm. in one aspect of my life. It used to be more on the love aspect of things. Right. And once I started to do the unblocking and start to be able to receive and let it flow through me, I started to notice that my relationship with money was kind of, also getting a little bit better Mm -hmm. um so these different energies that we're talking about that we want to flow to us and through us Mm -hmm. if you can strengthen your trust muscle in one aspect a lot of times it will almost like naturally apply to the other energies it will yeah yeah and it's it's kind of i think it's hard to see it that way sometimes because 
we want so badly to categorize and compartmentalize and be experts at one thing. Yeah. We want to be like this thing. We want to be labels so bad. Yeah. And so it change it it's a change. It's it's a shift in the in your mentality because what you just said is key. You must be willing to open all vessels for any of them to heal. Yes. You cannot just heal one. Yeah. It's like spot reduction when you work out. Like, it just doesn't work that way. You have to be willing to use the whole body to get in shape. Yes. If you want good abs, you have to still be able to move your full body to get good abs. Yes. It's the same thing. You have to be willing to release all of the blockages to master any of them. Perfect. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, are you familiar with the law of reciprocity? Uh, No. I mean, tell me. Yeah, there's, there's like 11 or 12 laws that are kind of common in different cultures, like through history, like ancient Egypt and Hawaiian cultures and Native Americans and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And there's there's 11 or 12 like universal laws. And like the law of attraction is, is on that list, mm-hmm. which is this kind of like what you put out is what you attract. Mm-hmm. The law of reciprocity is pretty similar. Law of attraction is more about like, energetically what you put out is Mm -hmm. what you attract the law of reciprocity is what you give out is Uh what you receive back yes and for me that this one kind of applies to what we're talking about the law of reciprocity you know you have to give what you want to receive Mm -hmm. and for me that's like a really good unblocking practice for for becoming that channel yep in a great first step, but mm-hmm. I, I recommend anyone whose interest is peaked on this subject or wants to dig deeper, look into the law of reciprocity, or it's also been called the law of compensation, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it applies to this subject really beautifully. And there's a lot of great resources online that can help you kind of illustrate it and find ways to apply it. But you and I were talking about this in the last podcast or maybe the one before it about, you know, giving, giving what we want to receive. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's such a basic, easy way to start to get into your higher vibrational frequency and and start to attract and manifest what it is that you're really missing. Right. Have you ever had any like good experiences with that? Like the law of reciprocity? Like, like, have you ever felt an unblocking? Oh yeah. Like, like that you could pinpoint. Mm-hmm. It's like once you unblocked this, mm-hmm. you saw the flow happen. Yeah. I mean, I can give you probably a couple examples. Um, the first thing that came to mind, which is super simple and super tangible, which would be easy to understand. Yeah. Um, when I was on the search for a beach property, mm-hmm. I just knew what I had to have. Yeah. And there was this property that I had put under contract and it was just a freaking nightmare. <laughs> like it would not work. Yeah. Everything about it was just no, no, no. And for me, I was like, yes, like, you know, I'm not willing to give this up. I'm not willing to release. And the moment that I said, you know what? I might walk away and have no beach property this year. Yeah. You know, but I'm willing to give this up. I terminated the contract, I walked away, and I kid you not, in the same neighborhood, as I was driving away from the property, a woman was putting a for sale sign 
in front of the house that I ended up buying. Oh my gosh. And it was not what I thought I wanted. It's not what I thought I look, you know, what it would look like, but it was a literal like, okay, you are willing to give it up and let it go. And bam, here it is. Yeah. Um, as far as like giving, giving something to receive something, the thing that I, that comes to mind is, um, I, I talk with a friend of mine about this often. She calls it gift economy. Yeah. Um, and here's a perfect example. Okay. I have a client, residential client whom I've helped throughout the years. Well, I just helped her again this year, last year. And when it was all said and done and the, the, the deal was done, she sent me a bonus check. Uh-huh. And I was like, what is this for? You know, like we agreed on the fee. And she said, well, five years ago when I had no money, you did this for me for next to nothing. And I want you to know I have this now and I want you to have it. Oh. And it was essentially the commission that she would have paid me five years pre. I had forgotten. I didn't even know what she was talking about. Oh, I love that. I didn't that. remember that I had given her a break or yeah. that I was able to help her work with her. Yeah. I had no recollection. Yeah. And it was just like tears, you know, tears. Yeah. And I was like, because it came at such a good time for me to, I mean, of course it always does. Mm -hmm. So that maybe is a more relevant example of reciprocity. Yeah. That's beautiful. And that's perfect. And for me, like I think with the reciprocity category within this conversation, mm -hmm. a lot of times it's not necessarily like direct, you mm -hmm. know, like it's not mm -hmm. like I gave a homeless person 20 bucks and then somebody the next day gave me 20 bucks. Right. You know? Right. Sometimes but it, it, it can is. happen yeah. like that. But yeah, like I, I started to kind of put this concept to the test a couple years ago when I was going through a hard time and like just really trying to action my way out of it mm -hmm. <laughs> before yep. I learned about acceptance and how right. that probably would have made it easier. But <laughs> anyway, like one of the action steps that I took that actually did help was, um, I was trying to give what I was wanting to receive and I was, I was in this brief relationship. It was with this, like, it was amazing. Like it was very short, yeah. it was bad timing, but it was good while it lasted and Valentine's day was approaching and I knew like it was, that was probably going to be the, the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm living in Aww. a I'm living in a different city and I don't have a lot of friends. I know some people here and there and so I'm like the week leading up to when I knew like Valentine's Day is probably going to be when we have to say okay, we're not ready to go to the next level. Yeah. We're not going to be celebrating Valentine's Day. We're probably going to part ways, right. you know. I just I went every day to Walmart and started buying like a bunch of random crap to give <laughs> to my friends for Valentine's Day yeah. because I, I enjoy crafting. I do not want anybody to ever feel like I knew I was probably going to feel on that Friday when it was Valentine's Day. I see. So I went and I just I ended up making like 10 or 15 gift bags mm -hmm. just filled with Valentine's Day stuff and I made brownies and Rice Krispie treats and all this stuff and I just was like the freaking Santa Claus of Valentine's Day. The Valentine's bunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went and I, I, every single person I knew in that city that I lived in, which was not a lot, and then yeah. some strangers, <laughs> I gave them Valentine's. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing that I could like directly like trace back to that like you know, I don't know what I received in, in 
response to yeah. that. But I do know, like, I would have much rather been tuned to that energetic frequency of at least enjoying, like, crafting and blessing yeah. others yeah. Yes. and whatever. And that, like, helped me at it ease the blow yeah. of the kind of disappointment and, and sadness for what I knew was coming. Yeah. Maybe like the thing, the thing that I hear and that I know, and that I think is really important is exactly what you just said. It's giving, but it's also the act of giving is also a release. Yeah. And that's really important, you know, because, well, there's giving with attachment. That's right. And that is not what we're talking no. about. That's exactly, yes. exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. We are giving, even though the law applies, it's not giving with attachment. And that's what you're, you're it was a pure, the intention yeah. was to show love, to create love because your heart was hurting. Yeah. And you were giving love probably always, but it was more of an outward showing of the love that you had to give. Yeah. And that's why, that's why it was successful. Yeah. Is because that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. When you give with attachment, you're, you're going to get that back <laughs> and you yeah. don't want that. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. You're that's, that's where we go into all that other well, stuff. Yes. Giving with expectations Mm -hmm. that expectation is a blockage to the flow right the expectation is is the opposite acceptance allows you to be a channel that's right release is a channel that's right expectation is an attachment and that is that blocks the the channel exactly yeah and that's why you know in order to get to that place where you can be a channel you have to be willing to release everything all of it all of it. Ugh. Yeah. You're, you're hitting the nail on the head. We are. You you got some spent some fire over <laughs> here today. Well, are we ready for, for the interview? Yeah, I'm ready. Alrighty. Each week on Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline, we feature an interview with someone who followed their dreams and leveled up personally or professionally against all odds. We share these interviews to inspire our listeners and demonstrate that anything is possible. What is your name, age, city, and profession? My name's Mariel Hamer. I am 25. I live in Savannah, Georgia, and I am a project designer at an architecture firm. So what were the circumstances leading up to your big change? My big change was taking a leap of faith and moving out of my uh, home city of Charlotte to come to the city I'd always dreamed of living in, which is Savannah, Georgia. Um, I've always wanted to live here since I was little, uh, and I've always wanted to work with historic buildings in this historic context specifically. So I decided to go to school in state for architecture school um, for financial security and um, I uh, ended up staying in the same city that I grew up in. Um, It is a coincidence that they had the best program in the state for architecture. So I uh, also was able to get, so leading up to getting my master's degree in architecture, I was able to get an awesome work-study scholarship while uh, I was studying. And their intention was kind of to groom me to work following graduation but they weren't really doing the kind of work that I wanted to do 
but you know they offered me a nice scholarship and it made it worth it but unfortunately during this work study scholarship i also became entangled with one of my coworkers, so that was made it especially difficult to kind of make this leap to another city following graduation um but i maintained my intention of moving Savannah throughout everything, throughout my whole life, and throughout studying in Charlotte. And I always stayed vigilant of positions opening up, especially around the time when I was graduating, which was set for May 2020. And we all know what happened that spring. So before the whole world shut down, I was able to secure a kind of questionable roommate in an okay apartment and a job at a well-established firm in Savannah and I had everything set up that I would have been manifesting my whole life following graduation and even with all this for whatever reason I was still not uh, excited to move to Savannah for some reason even though I had manifested this my entire life but there's something off and something didn't feel right about what I was uh, looking forward to doing once I graduated and so I uh, announced to my internship in Charlotte that I was going to be moving to Savannah, and this was about mid-April 2020, and that same day, I get a call from the firm that I uh, got an offer from in Savannah, and they said that due to COVID and, you know, the unprecedented nature of everything, they were going to have to rescind my offer, and I was devastated, but a little early uh, and I had a scramble to get out of my lease I, that I signed in Savannah, awkwardly begged for my job back in Charlotte and sit with the fact that I was going to be trapped in this in an unfulfilling relationship with my coworker, a uh, job that wasn't in line with what I wanted to do and uh, these life circumstances with COVID indefinitely. And um, fortunately, my job was able to take me back. They weren't able to really give me much work. So I was kind of sitting around, miserable, doing nothing. And then, um, luckily, my kind sister, Morgan, was uh, gave me pretty cheap rent. So money wasn't that much of an issue. And I just started to make peace with what was going to be my well, my present reality was, was that I was stuck in Charlotte and with a job that was a flight, that knew I was a flight risk and my overly COVID precautious friends that weren't hanging out with me and a boyfriend that didn't like me. So. <laughs> By the way, this is my sister that I'm interviewing. <laughs> if you, if you haven't been able to put that together, but uh, I wanted to include your story because it was really impressive that you you know had a lot of curveballs thrown at you you had this vision that you've held your whole life and and you ended up getting there but like how did you stay motivated and focused like how did you finally get to the finish line and end up getting to savannah well so it was hard to um not it was hard to not be a little full of despair uh just with how everything was, everything was so up in the air that summer of 2020. Like, it, nothing was normal. It was hard to grasp any sort of reality when all the whole world was going through this crisis. So, I just honestly kind of just 
went on autopilot and just kind of got sucked in to the bigger picture world around me and just was like this isn't the things that are happening and right now and forces that are happening that are greater than me and I just need to ride with them and I was going to get through it and it was rough I ended up kind of convincing myself that a life in Charlotte was okay it was good enough you know and I uh I but I still I still stayed vigilant for anything that was opening in Savannah and I, I followed all the firms in town I just made sure to keep track of what was going on just in case something did happen. But, you know, most people weren't hiring for months right after the lockdown. So it was just kind of just kept headstrong and keep moving forward. Did you use any books or pod- podcasts? Did you have any resources that you, you used to kind of lean on during that time to stay motivated? Not really. I, uh, fortunately... I think I just dived into the news and just tried to, as everyone did, like just self-medicate with anything that wasn't related to reality just because everything was just so bleak at this time that you wanted, I just wanted escapism from my unfortunate reality as much as like everyone else is during this time. So lots of Netflix (laughs) and sex in the city. Did you? Yes, I recall. Did you have any pushback from anybody in in this transition? So I definitely know our our mother uh, kept making excuses. She was like, "Well, why don't you just stay with your boyfriend here? You've got a nice house. Like you've got a like good job. Like you shouldn't like that's so far away. You." too young to be moving I mean you've got such a nice setup here and I had that in my ear amongst and then the push, other pushback was being in like a year-long relationship you kind of don't want to give up that even if it's not good out of comfort and fear of good change um, so that was pushing me back for sure so what made you finally rip the band-aid and just take take the leap well, so I, again, there was no, no job offers for months after the initial lockdown. But around the end of the summer, I see this firm that I've been following that I, um, spoiler alert, now work for, post an ad that they were hiring. And uh, I reached out, secured a online interview, like a phone conference. And then they uh, reached out and they uh, told me that they wanted me to come visit and they were picking up pay for my accommodations. They put me in one of the nicest hotels in town. Super excited at this point. Uh, first time that I was really excited about Savannah in like before I even started the whole process. Because again, when I was initially starting this process, I was in that relationship that I wasn't happy with, but I was stuck in and I just felt bound to it. I felt bound to Charlotte. And I just was so fearful of making that leap, especially during these times. And I didn't have, I don't have any friends and didn't have any friends in Savannah. So I, I reached out and I, I came down to Savannah. I brought two of my good friends with me because they had a mutual friend in town that was actually an architect that they 
introduced me with. We stayed with him. And so I got to meet some people in Savannah. For the first time, I felt like I was developing this secure base in Savannah where I knew people. I uh, ended up finding a really awesome apartment when I was down here during this initial interview. Uh, it was my my dream apartment. It's an 1852 townhome. Like the kind of everything that I had manifested for myself was coming into the picture. And and also the same week that I the firm reached out to me to come visit the old the firm that had took back my offer in Savannah during COVID. They uh, or did I did I mention all that stuff? Yeah, that your yeah. The offer was rescinded uh, yeah, when the so, bottom fell yeah. out with COVID. So they reached out yeah. to you too at the same so, time. Yeah, so they reached out to me. So I had uh, I had people wanting me to go to Savannah. I had I made friends with my Airbnb host who like introduced me to a bunch of people in town, like all in the same visit. And I ended up staying. My Airbnb host was so kind; he let me stay with him for like an extra week because I was working remotely and I was working like five hours a week at this point because my job in Charlotte had nothing to offer me. So I got to really spend time with Savannah by myself. And it was just like, I fell in love with the city all over again. And I was so excited to make that leap. And as soon as I got back and I got that offer, I made plans to immediately come back here. I basically had my boyfriend in Charlotte help me move here. And then I broke up with him because <laughs> I knew I was just ready to start my life here. And I haven't looked back since. And you ended up manifesting a better man soon after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well not better, oh, but, name. you know, more aligned. Yeah, with the same name as the last boyfriend. How convenient. I, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I, so I'm in a, in a job that makes me extremely happy. I'm doing the work that I've been wanting to do my whole life. I'm in my dream apartment. I am in a the most healthy relationship I've ever been in and all and all that thanks to this leap of faith well so what are some what's a major lesson what's something that you can share with others from this story that they might be able to learn from like what's a a good take-home message um I think for me that I thematically I think my story is a lot with um resistance to change um you're always going to find things are always going to be pushing back on you and you're always going to want to settle for just good enough when you were destined for greatness or I felt like I was destined for a greater life than the one I was living even and but settling started to look easy and look like my reality but just always like your present might not be great but always keep be mindful enjoy where you are but also look for opportunities and manifest those opportunities to come your way yeah they will come keep your eye on the ball that's what that's what I'm I'm getting from all of this you just you stayed focused you got distracted and then that discomfort that was caused by letting yourself settle got so great that you're like screw it I'm just gonna take the leap of faith and you did and you got blessed beyond your imagination so I'm proud of you little sister well thank you for uh sharing your story and I will talk to you soon Can I share with you what I got from that? Yas, queen. Okay, so 
as it applies to our topic this week, what I got was that she was, she knew that what she was doing wasn't really where she wanted to be. And she was resistant to the change. Yes. And that's the blockage. Yep. Is when we hear a pull or feel a pull or hear a voice or, and we ignore it or we say no or we close close we don't remain open to like explore and stay curious with that yeah where's that coming from why am I feeling this who's saying this to me do I trust that this is where you know why is why is it leading me this way yeah so when she closed off it kind of like and then the moment that she released and she realized things have to change yeah it's gonna change yes change has to happen yes for growth then it flowed yeah. and the universe just dumped it on her i know like pew, 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 blessing bombs so you have flying all around like think about this because i know you and i have been all over the place professionally mm-hmm. and with our love lives and everything yeah. i mean we've had to like touch a lot of hot stoves and get burned <laughs> to get where we are today like my sister has had She's known what she wanted to do and since high school well, yeah, or she middle school. Me- she referenced that many times. Yeah, so. it's like she knew she had enough clarity to know and to go after it. Yeah. And so there's like a lot of momentum, which to me equals magnetism uh-huh. with manifesting. Uh-huh. She was true to herself. She was true to her callings. Like she was very unblocked when it came to that. Right. And then right at the finish line when she's about to get her first job – she mm-hmm. gets a, a a boyfriend, a good, serious, year-long relationship. Mm-hmm. She gets kind of a very comfortable job uh, and offer in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of, like, she's, like, getting tested. Like, are you really serious about right. this thing that you've this been life. focused on? Yeah. And so, for um, it's just crazy because, you know, two years ago, right tomorrow mm-hmm. is when everything shut down. Wow. So, we all got like halted and she thought she was going to be graduating college and getting an architecture job. And then that, that was something that was beyond her control that happened, you know? Yeah. But then she, once things started happening, she started questioning, like, do I even want to do this anymore? And Uh I'm like, girl. Yeah. (laughs) And then once she, once she got back in alignment with like what her vision was and that's when the flow came and it's yep. just like one, two, three, got the place, got yep. the job, got the whatever. But she was willing to let it go. Yeah. That's what needed to happen for her to feel, for her to be unblocked. Yeah. All the things that she thought, all the ideas, all the, you know, yellow brick road, fairy tale ending she had, I'm sure created in her head a million times. Yeah. She got to the point that she said, okay, you know what? This might, might not happen. Yeah. This might not be what happens. And that's where the freedom is, is when you are not attached and you're willing to let go. And just be a vessel and trust, let it come. Exactly. Because remember the money thing? You got to let go of the hundred to receive the thousand. Have a palm. You have to to have an open palm. Exactly. You have to. Yeah. And, you know, when we do that, going back to the giving from a, you're not showing up and giving and opening for self-serving reasons you're not there that's attachment correct you're not attached to the outcome you're not you're not greedy yes you're not saying i want money because i'm greedy you're saying you know i just 
you're not in company because you can get something from that person. You're saying, I'm just an open vessel and I'm going to see what happens and I'm here to enjoy life. Yeah. I'm here to enjoy these people. But you can go into, you could do something because it feels good and it lights you up. Yeah. That's not like selfish, you know? No, That's love. That's like high vibration. But you're not doing it because you are going to get an external return that is, coming from outside of you yeah you're not saying i'm gonna go to dinner with this person because they're very well connected and therefore what can i get from them yeah you're saying you know what i took interest in this person they took interest in me and i'm gonna go with an open heart and an open mind and enjoy i want to hear about them i want to know about them yeah and you're releasing any expectation from that and therefore you're enjoying your life yeah because if you go home If you go to that dinner with an expectation that this person is going to... Perfect example, what she said, her Airbnb host of all people ended up being the person to introduce her to to people in town. Yeah. That would... You don't go to Airbnb with that expectation. (laughs) Yeah. You go to Airbnb to, to stay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So that's a perfect example. Look what blessed her in that way. Because she was open. Because she was open and she didn't have any... Hidden agenda. Yeah. Yes. Manipulation, hidden agenda, expectation, attachment, whatever. Yeah. So in order to be a vessel, you have to be willing to understand that self-serving acts are not going to serve you. Yeah. Now, loving yourself and doing things that make you feel good and are happy, that's different. Yeah. But that that's comes from within mm-hmm. and that serves from within yeah. not externally yeah. not another person is going to fulfill me not i'm lonely so i'm going to go use a person at a bar yeah no it says you know i'm lonely but i love myself and i'm going to go spend some time with myself and i'm going to happen to be at a bar and then if a person opens up to talk to you then you're blessed with the company of that conversation yeah it's not because you expected it or you are using them to fulfill something. It's not an external use to fulfill an internal problem. Yep. Know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm big on that, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's really, really, really important to make that very clear of the understanding. Like you have to let go to be a channel, to be a vessel. Yeah. You have to. Because that's the blockage. Yeah. Yep. So I want to say something that I know a lot of people are probably thinking. When, when, you, when you start delving into this service heart, as people who have been programmed differently, something that comes up, I think, is, well, what, am I just supposed to be a doormat? Huh. What, am I just supposed to let people walk all over me? Am I just supposed to turn the other cheek every time? Like, no, I have to stand up for myself. And we're not saying don't do that. But here's the thing. Whether you agree with it or disagree with it, like it or don't, the reality, the truth is, you absolutely must be willing to let go of anything that has offended you in order to clear, to be a vessel, to show love to other people. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And that is like mind blowing Yeah, for a lot of people who want, we want to hold on to the pain. We want to remember the grudges. We want to hold the grudges. Yes. We want to remember who hurt us and how they hurt us and why they hurt us. And we want to hold it over their head. And well, I mean, rationally, it kind of makes sense. It does. Yeah. Cause we got to put barriers against those people and whatnot. Right. Boundaries are not boundaries are okay, but holding on is not. They're, They're two different things. My action step that seems really simple, but you know, I like to simplify Mm -hmm. and I like to make things physical. So 
it starts for me with traffic. <laughs> and that might seem really silly, but the reason that it starts with traffic is because I'm in my car all the time. And most of us think of a thing that you do all the time. Maybe it's not that you're in your car. Maybe it's you're washing your dishes. Yeah. Something that you do daily. But every time you do that thing, you remind yourself, I'm going to let it go. Yeah. Whatever it is, I'm going to let it go. Yeah. And you just start to get your brain to accept the fact that you're going to prepare to let go of some stuff. Mm -hmm. And in the car, it becomes really literal because you're getting cut off. People are honking at you. You know, I don't drive well. (laughs) And, you know... I'm not engaging in that. Yeah. I'm not going to let my peace be moved because someone else has road rage. And letting that go keeps me open to be a vessel so that when I arrive safely, I can bless someone else. If I'm pissed off about the traffic when I get there, how can I help the other person? Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's my action step. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, mine are really simple this time. Just... Pay attention to where you feel called to serve others and Mm -hmm. follow that. Um, I love that. And then um, make a list of things that you're desiring or that you want to manifest or right next to that list, right? Ways that you can pay it forward and put put that energy out to the world. That's that's it. I love it. Yeah. It is really that simple. We overcomplicate. It's not that hard. But this is this. It feels like magic once you start to like play with. It is this, magic. I, I mean, but like you feel it. Yeah. 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 You feel it. You feel and like you can a, with the wizard with the like <laughs> wand, you know, yeah. with your life. Well, that's right. And you can feel this really instantly too. Yeah. That's something like this doesn't have to be delayed gratification. Like the moment you just start with something tiny, like somebody cutting you off in traffic, just t- something small. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah release it yeah forgive it Mm -hmm. don't hold it don't think about it don't dwell on it don't get angry over it don't try to make sense of it turn on your favorite song on the radio yeah listen to our podcast ha 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah yeah i love it yeah wow Wow. it was a good good session yas queen thank y'all for listening